Welcome back to another Arborist Gym podcast. Today I felt like uh, I just wanted to talk about what I've been noticing lately in our area for um, this time of year. So this time of year is unique. You get to see good things, bad things. We, we should be in full leaf now for all of our trees. So you get to see if your tree is alive still and where it's having some struggles. Um, and how the canopy looks, which can give you a good indication of what may be going on in general with your tree. But there's a there's a ton of things that you can that you can see, you can notice. I'm just gonna pick five that I've noticed, um, and I wanted to kind of discuss. So the five are overwatering and underwatering of the landscape, mulching mulch volcanoes. Heading cuts to the lower branches of your tree, uh, planting of trees now, like you're, you're planting your you're planting new trees right now instead of waiting off until fall. And the last one I want to talk about is girdling roots. So, with overwatering or underwatering of your trees, uh, we we had a very wet winter, with only a few a uh, few times with long freezes. With that came a nice wet spring for our trees to drink up. Obviously, trees need water to survive, but the other hand, they don't need an overly supplied amount of it. Too wet of conditions can stress the tree and also make its soil un, uh, unstable for the tree's platform that it's sitting on. So basically, it'll have a better chance of uh, uprooting during a, a storm. And uh, that's going to be a sad, sad face. The other issue... And one that always uh, I always take into consideration is when I see a tree that is um, that uh, that has destructive um, insects or some kind of infection going on. But uh, those are more more often than not those two things are some kind of secondary indicator of uh, or a secondary cause of a problem. So. They tend to exist due to some other cause of the tree of the of the tree's problems. Um, so, in other words, if your tree is stressed out because it's been getting too much water, or it's over the root system is kind of oversaturated, that can cause the tree to stress out and lead to some um, some uh, infections. Some some problems with the trees that you'll see, maybe uh, some stress cankers or uh, phy- um, phytophthora uh, canker. Um, so, or you'll see, um, you, you can also see down towards the bottom of the tree if you have uh, a little bit too much soil or water buildup, you can find uh, where insects are trying to basically take advantage of that soft wood and enter. Um, and then also on the other hand, if you have really dry soil and it's not getting enough water and maybe your, your landscape is becoming very compact, it can be the same deal. Your tree gets stressed out and, uh, you you might see the, um, the top portions of the canopy start dying out or, you know, other types of problems that go along with it. Some, uh, some, um, uh, what was I just thinking? Sorry, I lost track of my mind there. Uh, yeah, so you can get temporary wilting, 
or the tree might overall just start wilting and if you don't catch that in time um, you could possibly lose your whole tree due to the fact that it's just starving for water so it's a pretty understandable thing but also um, it, like I said if you see an infection or what what seems to be an infection or you you see you know some type of some type of boar insect going on um, yes they are problems but they're usually like I said a secondary um, cause of a problem to a tree most likely the biggest issue with uh, with trees from disease or insects is due you know nine times out of ten from what I've seen and experienced due to some kind of stress from either too much water or not enough water so good tip there the next one is the uh, the mulch volcanoes so <clears throat> over time I see I see nice landscape properties with uh, with mulch volcanoes, and I want to. I just want to knock on the door to tell the people that own the property to go get their money back for that portion of the landscape anyway, because they just got ripped off. Somebody came and you know sold them on some nice trees, um, and you know most of the time they're they're appropriate for the spot. A lot of times they're not, but that's a different subject. But then. The landscaper, uh, who's most likely really intelligent on landscaping, they're just doing the paperwork portion and the salesmanship portion. And then the other hand, you might have a landscape architect that comes in, takes a look, and they, they draw it out. They plan it all out for you. Um, but the end is the person that has to or the crew that has to plant it. And a lot of times you'll see these trees and it's become such a sociably accepted thing to the point where like if you don't see a tree that's sticking out of the ground at the base like it looks like you know it's built up on some sort of mound across the landscape like it's flat 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 and then all of a sudden there's a mound and a tree you don't think it's right but if you walk through the woods trees aren't up on mounds you know it's not like oh I'm in the woods and it looks like a mogul track you know or a mogul slope they're flat to the ground for a reason they don't want that root ball to be exposed more than it has to but then on top of that we go ahead and we have the landscaper or we do it ourselves put just an excessive amount of mulch on top of it now what happens is that that mulch when it becomes excessive and by excessive I mean anything you know you're supposed to put two, about two to four inches of mulch down on your um, on your plantings in your beds, and anything over that is considered excessive. The problem with it is, is that when it becomes excessive, you're taking away the tree's ability to draw on the air uh, circulation into the soil. It's becoming smothered. In other words, you're basically choking it out. And then the other part of that is, too, is that if you, if they're building basically a mulch volcano, it's going all the way up to the trunk of the tree. And we know from experience that if you have mulch that's piled up around the trunk of the tree, it's going to cause the trunk of the tree to soften up right there underneath the mulch and or the bark to soften up. And that's going to leave uh, lead to basically inviting pathogens and um, insects to come in and feed on that soft uh, that soft bark, which 
you know, for most um, borers, gives them an opportunity to opportunity to easily get in past the bark level and feed on the uh, the the, uh, the folium of the uh, tree. So the phloem of the tree, sorry, phloem, the phloem of the tree. Um, so that could be that could be a problem. Once it's in there, it's got access to cutting off uh, the nutrient flow to the tree, the water flow to the tree, and that'll lead to the, the death of the tree as well. So the the mulch volcano look, as much as everybody might think, you know, that's they see it all the time, and that's what should be done. That is the farthest thing that should be done. If you're planting a tree, it you should be planting it. Uh, the, the root ball, the top of the root ball should be level with ground level, if not just slightly raised above it, slightly. And then when you mulch around it, you keep the mulch away from the trunk of the, the base of the trunk of the tree, and in no more than two to four inches of mulch. And when when you mulch, organic mulch, not that, you know, recycled rubber. My my brother-in-law has recycled rubber. Smells weird too, but he doesn't have any plantings around it, so it's not that big of a deal. He's just doing it so he doesn't have to have new mulch all the time. But I see recycled rubber. Um, I see weird things. Keep with your organic mulch. So keep with real clean uh, wood chips and make sure you know where those wood chips are coming from. You don't want you know you don't want to plant an ash tree and have ash wood chips that could possibly be also carrying you know. Um, emerald ash borer, it's just going to lay eggs and do its thing. Um, you also don't want, um, if the, you don't want to take diseased wood. So if you mulch your own stuff, if you chip your own tree and you, you have a fruit tree that has black knot disease and you're going to plant another fruit tree in its place because you took it down because it died of black knot, you don't want to use the same mulch from the tree that you just took down to mulch the new one. It's going to cause problems. So you want to make sure it's clean, and like I said, not too deep. Um, the next, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the heading cuts on your trees. It's that time of year. We're going back out, and we're mowing our grass. We're playing in the front yards and backyards, and more people are out um, walking in the neighborhoods and along sidewalks. So they're they're walking underneath your tree. So. We want to we, we want to raise the trees up on the lower end, so we're not walking into them and causing injuries. So instead of grabbing your favorite loppers and just cutting any old place higher than your head to do this, look at the branch and follow it back to the point that is um, away from your body height or away from your, the height of your body, and it's it goes to a secondary branch. And when I say a secondary branch. I mean something that's at least two-thirds the diameter of the branch that you're cutting, the, the, the main part of the branch that you're cutting. <clears throat> I know, that sucks. you got to now think about how big the size is and whatnot. You can't just cut anywhere, but there's a point to this. All right, So you're going to follow it back to that branch, that secondary branch, and you're going to make an angled cut that's in line with the growth of that second branch. And it's going to be about a quarter of an inch out from that branch. So not this long, long stub, not just in the middle of the branch, any old place, <clears throat> about a quarter of an inch away from the secondary branch. So doing this will allow for the branch to be the, uh, the first and uh, um, uh, 
sorry. We'll 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 allow the branch to uh, basically heal itself over a lot easier. You're not having some long stub that's going to be you know inviting insect and disease once again because any any unnatural cut or break in a tree will do that. And um, it it'll it'll callus roll over nicely, um, saying that it's not some massive cut. You know, the smaller the cut, the pruning cut that you make, the better. Larger cuts are harder for trees to uh, to compensate for. Now, if you're able to follow back to a secondary branch that um, that's growing in a direction that's not down towards the ground and maybe goes on a slightly more upward growth pattern, that's even better. Because in reality, what you're doing by making this type of cut, that's a proper cut, is you're training that branch to now grow away from where it's causing a problem, which is down towards your head. But in doing so, you're also making it so that branch has a better chance of surviving and not dying back or um, hopefully not seeing um, a ton of small water spouts grow up on the branch, like a bunch of new growth, little tiny branches growing out everywhere. You might see a couple, but hopefully you don't see a ton. <clears throat> so the next, the next thing that I wanted to talk about was planting your trees in the fall instead of, instead of wanting to plant them right now. Planting your trees right now isn't the greatest idea in the world due to the fact that we are in going into the prime time of heat. Last couple days have been pretty hot. Some areas have seen record heat for this time of year. Um, and we're not seeing any rain in the forecast. Uh, maybe a couple pop-up showers here and there, but no, no slow um, drizzle, long period rain which is the best, the long, deep soaking rain. So trees right now are in the process of really hyping up their, their photosynthesis process and, you know, grabbing that carbon out of the air, making oxygen, making uh, minerals and sugars for themselves to, uh, to keep growing and um, become healthy, fix, fix small problems that they may have. By planting a tree right now, you it, it, it's it's stressful to the tree it's now got to get used to a new soil um, it's got to try to acclimate to that which you know trees have a you know a fair good chance of acclimating to new soil but uh, we do have remediation processes to help that the root system is going to try to stretch out and breathe again if the tree if the tree was plant or was uh, treated with some kind of growth regulator it's going to be shaking that off and uh, soaking up whatever type of minerals are in the ground that it's now planted into. And on top of that, it's going to be trying to do its whole photo, um, photosynthesis process. But when it's stressed from being you know, replanted or transplanted at this time with the heat and not as much rain and you, maybe you're, you're not watering it enough, maybe you, you're watering it too much, it's having a hard time. If you plant in the fall, there's less stressors. So it doesn't have to deal with the heat. It's a better chance that it's gonna see a little bit more rain because it's gonna be going back into more of a, um, a patterned rain system for our area. 
Um, the, the heat of the day is not going to be, you know, soaking up all the water in the ground to be, it get, you know, rock hard. So the tree's going to have something to soak up from the, uh, from the ground system. And then along with that, pests start going away. Problems that are, you know, more summertime type issues start becoming dormant. They start, they start going away. So the trees aren't going to have to fight off odd things in the, uh, in the, in the ecosystem as well. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's been documented also that the survival rate of, uh, newly planted trees that are done in the fall, as opposed to the summertime are, uh, the survival rates much higher. They got just, in other words, you're not going to be wasting your money. Excuse me one second. You're not going to be wasting your money by um, planting or having the chance of wasting your money by planting in the fall as opposed to planting now in the heat of the summer. So the last topic that um, I, I see this one all the time. I see the, all these topics all the time. That's why I'm covering the, the five basic ones that always stand out to me. But this one, um, as a homeowner or a property owner or caretaker, you can, in my mind, there's a couple indicators that are visually, um, you you can visually see them uh, a lot faster than having to, you know, get real close to the tree and really dive deep in, maybe digging up, you know, the, the soil around the tree or having to get up under the canopy. You can kind of stand off from a distance and go, okay, I can see there's a problem. I can see that it's most likely going to be this problem or this just screams this problem. And that problem is the girdling root. A girdling root basically happens more often than not to newly planted trees, landscape type trees. And it's because they're in such a tight root, um, like burlap ball type system or a caged ball and the roots just constantly get pushed back from whatever they're in, be it the burlap or a tight uh, cage or um, a box with the uh, root ball. And instead of being able to grow out and away, they hit a wall and they all start compacting on each other and eventually it leads all the way back to the trunk with one of the roots or a few of the roots and they start circling the base of the trunk just under the dirt level, the soil level. And what what will happen is over time that root will obviously get bigger, but it'll also start choking off other roots and squeezing them out. And when that happens and you put you plant the tree, um, that'll that'll continue unless the people that are planting it correct it by trimming the roots or um, pulling them apart so they can they can better breathe and grow at a at a a more natural type way a more healthy way for the tree but when they when they start circling and cutting off other roots what you'll see is around this time now when you know say your tree is a green leaf tree you'll see a spot on one side of the tree and that one side corresponds to where the girdling root is below the surface next to the trunk. But up in the canopy, you'll see a spot of uh, fall color, basically. So whatever the leaf 
color is in the fall, what it changes to, whether it's like a blazing orange or a bright yellow or some kind of red, um, it'll change to that. And you can see that from a distance. So when you see that, and I see that, the first thing I think of is girdling root. I bet you if I walk over there and I, yeah, I go directly underneath the spot that has the uh, the color change in the canopy to the base of the trunk and dig away gently the soil, I'm gonna find a girdling root nine times out of 10. So if you do find a girdling root, the best thing to do is one, you want to make sure it doesn't look like it's a major, major root. Like, as in, it's the largest root out of all the roots that you see around it. So, this is either when you, you understand what the roots are, or if you don't understand, this is when you call somebody like a professional tree service or a consultant, and you ask for their opinion of, is this root possible to, to be cut because ultimately that's what you're hoping you can do you're hoping that it's not too big and it's not going to be detrimental to the tree and that you can cut a section of it out remove it and that way it can allow for the roots that it's choking off to bounce back and breathe again and you know any future growth that's going to happen in that area of the tree will be in a, uh, unimpeded it'll, it'll be free to do what it's got to do the alternate um, choice is to not do anything and then you're risking the chance of eventually losing that whole side of the tree or I've seen in some extreme cases where the the girdling root continues to literally grow all the way encircling the, the base of the trunk of the tree and it chokes the trunk of the tree off just below soil grade. And you get those trees that fall over and it looks like where it broke out of the ground, it looks like a ball and socket. So it, you know the, the base of the trunk where it's broke out is basically rounded and it looks like you could just put it right back into the ground as like a ball and socket uh, joint. So, I mean, that's really your options. If, if the if the root is too big or deemed too big to be cut, you know, that's that's kind of the chance you got to take. Maybe maybe there's a chance you can um, do some sort of process to uh, loosen that, that root up and have it start forming a different growth pattern. But most likely if it's that large and it's cutting off, um, cutting off another root, it, it most likely had grafted itself into another root as well. So your chances of removing it um, by hand, like just moving the growth pattern is slim to none, unfortunately. So you're going to have to make the decision to ride it out and let it just take its course. Or hopefully you can cut the, uh, cut the root out. But most of the time you catch it early enough, you can just cut the root out. No big deal. Doesn't do too much harm to the tree and the tree bounces back just fine. So there are my uh, there are my five things that uh, I normally see, and I see around this time of the year. This is when I notice it the most because you're getting the most phone calls for it, and I'm going out and I'm doing, you know, the most work for those type of uh, those issues. I hope that does help you out. 
wanted to keep this one sort of short and uh, simple. If there's any questions, please feel free to ask. Once again, on the uh, Anchor FM app, leave me a message, and I will uh, answer them in the future or have a topic in the future to uh, discuss. If you're seeing anything interesting out there in the uh, River, River Valley uh, area that has you uh, concerned or has questions or you just want to uh, share your opinion on, let me know. I'm always interested. And uh, I'm definitely always interested to see what kind of insects you guys have going on out there uh, or, or diseases that you may think that your tree may have. Um, we as arborists can't see every single property. It's impossible. So really things like the uh, emerald ash borer or the asian longhorn beetle or you know the dutch elm disease of back in the day um, those things can be easily combated and suppressed uh, um, to not cause widespread damage and problems but it can only be done so when it's caught early and you guys are huge helps as homeowners in doing that you know not being uh, shy to ask questions or think that you're you're bothering a tree professional by saying that you think there's a problem here and that needs to be looked at or you think that there's an insect that shouldn't be there it's causing damage and you want to you want to double check that's how we stop widespread national problems from occurring like the uh, emerald ash borer that's wiping out every single ash tree in our area right now. We just didn't catch it uh, fast enough in 2002 when it came into our area. And unfortunately, uh, it was probably in our area in uh, 1999, just living in the tree. And hadn't, hadn't shown itself yet, so really could use the observations from you guys and your help as well. All right, guys, it's going to do it for another uh, episode of Arborist Gym. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you learned something new. Hope any of this was helpful. Stay safe, and I'll see you on the next episode.